Words We Live By, the podcast, is a production of the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. If you're looking for stable income, a new career path, or a career change, consider the U.S. Army. Learn more by following us at Go Army Seattle. Hello and welcome to Words We Live By. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant BB. Hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen. If you've seen this hashtag on social media, you know that inside that hashtag lie stories, experiences of sexual harassment, and sexual assault. The conversation is happening and it needs to happen. Here on Words We Live By, we stand tall inside of the tough conversations, and that's what we want to do today. Specialist Vanessa Guillen was missing for months before her remains were found on June 30th near a river close to Fort Hood in Texas. According to criminal complaint, a fellow soldier bludgeoned her to death with a hammer, stuffed her in a box, brought her to that spot near the river and buried her. That soldier who authorities say attacked her took his own life when he was approached by law enforcement. In the weeks of her disappearance, Specialist Guillen's family raised allegations that before she was killed, she had been sexually harassed. My sister Vanessa Guillen was sexually harassed, yet nothing was done to it. They didn't keep my sister safe. My sister's a human too. She deserves respect. She deserves to be heard. Last month, the Secretary of the Army shared that Specialist Guillen's death has prompted an independent review of the climate and culture at Fort Hood. I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed. And we're heartbroken. Vanessa's our teammate. And we let her down, we let her family down. That inspection will look into whether that culture reflects a workplace free from sexual harassment. So, where do we go from here? What strikes me about this is it should have never happened. Vanessa Guillen should still be alive. So that's where we'll start today. Predator behavior is real. It's not made up and it doesn't just exist in our heads. And we're also going to touch on the importance of trust, being able to confide in someone when you've experienced sexual harassment. That safe space must exist. Our first guest is creating that space. Captain Amanda Campbell says she launched Project Iron Man in the wake of the Vanessa Guillen case because Specialist Guillen told her family she didn't feel safe reporting the harassment to her own chain of command. Captain Campbell's project all comes down to taking care of people and being the person someone needs you to be in that moment. If they come to you saying they've experienced sexual harassment or sexual assault, without action, nothing moves forward. And if there is zero, like if there is truly zero tolerance for sexual misconduct of any kind, there must be action aligned with that. Captain Campbell, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, I came across your Instagram and I was on your story and I noticed you had a sticker. Tell me about that sticker. So Sharp is something that I feel very strongly about and how much it really bothers me that we just turned it into like this check the block um, training. So 
I had been following the Vanessa Guillen case pretty closely. Um, I still had some friends with that were at Fort Hood that were also giving me like updates as well, like being there. And it really broke my heart to see all the things that um, she had been dealing with up until her disappearance and her family mentioning that like she felt as though she couldn't go to her command with what she had been experiencing. And it really bothered me that there wasn't like a mentor figure of some kind for her to go to. Um, and so after seeing a bunch of these uh, pages that I also followed, they started making these stickers for people's, you know, their, their water bottles and whatnot. And so I was like, I could probably make something like that. And so with that, I wanted to make a symbol that said it represents more of a, I'm here if you need me, kind of like a, a beacon. Um, and that's what really sparked the idea. So I was looking up symbols for iron and then I found the alchemy symbol and I used it as a play on words, uh, FE on the periodic table for iron. And then if you look at Iron Man, it could also be female. So then it became um, Project Iron Man, Project Female. Uh, so that's what it is. That's how it came to be in the original blue. Uh, the shade closest to the sharp uh, awareness uh, month. That was kind of the idea behind the color or the background. But I also recently made a pink version for one of my friends who uh, she helped me get this thing started and got a lot of um, got a lot of attention for it. And it just has been spreading like um, a lot wide, a lot more widely than I anticipated. And I was like, Oh, I got to go buy some more stickers now. <laughs> so it's been really, it's been really cool. Just, uh, just getting the feedback and uh, people really like it so far. And I'm, I'm hoping that it continues. Yeah. I think one of my best friends, she's a civilian out of Charlotte. She had sent me something that was funny on your page and, and then I followed you and I came across and I thought, Oh my gosh, that's so perfect. You just took it upon yourself to create something that you think would make a difference. And it's so powerful because sometimes we feel like we, we can't do those type of things. And you went ahead and, and took initiative on it. I, I, again, I was not expecting it to pick up momentum, but like people were sending, you know, pictures of it on their Instagram and like, that's how it's been catching on. And I just, I think it's, awesome that if it keeps continuing to grow you know somebody could see that and be like oh man I'm I I'm struggling right now and you know I'm not really comfortable I don't know all the resources but this person looks as though like they're going to help me and so it, that's that's the that's the meaning behind it it's, it's just if you stand behind the purpose of wanting to help others and be uh, a shoulder to lean on that that was the purpose um well, and that's also why I did Iron Man female and I wanted it to be inclusive for everyone, you know, not, not just like, not just females, but like men as well. Like I actually have one of my, um, one of my friends, he's a pilot and he reached out to me. He's like, can I get a bunch of those? Cause I really, really want to hand these out at work. Like these are awesome. And so I was like, Oh my God, like the men are supporting this too. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's so great. Like it's, it's new and it's spreading and people are reaching out to you that you just, you probably, you probably didn't imagine it would like do go this way. And here it is. It's like happening. It's, it's really great. Now, you know, this, this conversation, this episode is going to be centered around sexual harassment and abuse. Why do you think it's important to talk about these things? 
I think it's important because these topics are uncomfortable and those that are the most uncomfortable to talk about are the ones that we need to bring to light. You know, if we just keep putting it in the back of our minds in the back, you know, like, Oh, well that didn't happen to me or that didn't happen to whoever. Like it's, it's, it's no one likes to be uncomfortable. That's just the bottom line. So it's important because it's rampant and it doesn't just exist in the military. The military is built up of members from society. Like we're, you know, society feeds into the sexual assault and harassment issues. So again, that going back to being a societal issue, but it's the military thinking that it can make a class and teach people like, hey, don't do this. Um, but it really starts with us and we're the change and we need to take care of our own. Um, and that we can't be bystanders and the bystander effect coupled with, you know, the politics that are in the military um, is what's killing us from the inside. So abusers who push the envelope just to see how far they can go. And if you let them, then they're only going to continue. Um, so that's why I believe also in using your voice for good. And again, social media can be a great tool to amplify that voice. Um, but yeah, we, it's so important just because it's, I, I don't want to say like, it's not going to go away, but like, if we continue just to treat it as a joke, then these people who are suffering with this are going to feel helpless. And I, I don't wish that upon anybody. You know, and I think I reached out to you a few weeks ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And for myself, I was, wasn't sure how to have this conversation. And we've gotten comments on like our Facebook and our Instagrams around the podcast. When are you going to talk about this? And I was like, I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know the right way to do it. And like, I noticed I was just like stopped. So when I, when I get that way, when I don't know how to talk about something, cause I can talk about like everything, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I realized that like, I hadn't dealt with my own trauma from my own experience. And so there was just that for me to work out. But when everyone is talking about it, is asking for us to talk about it. You know, I'm noticing that I didn't talk about my stuff. And the, you know, for years I just kind of justified or put the blame on myself to kind of deal with it and get through the day. And now that I'm present to that, that's what I was doing and all of the thoughts I was having to justify it. Um, you know, it just, Having, having people talk about it had me get present to that I hadn't dealt with my, my own stuff. And your sticker really got me present to that. And that's, that's the power of who we get to be as service members too. Thank you for, for doing what you're doing and spreading the word about this sticker. It really, it made a difference for me. I know it's making a difference for others. And, um, it's really creating unity around this topic. Um, no, I, I really, really appreciate um, the chance to talk about this. This is really cool. And again, I, I just, I hope that everyone finds a way to just make the, make the world a better place, make what you're passionate about, what you signed up for to serve your country for, you can make it better than when you first got there. I mentioned predator culture at the beginning of this episode. Our next guest, Sergeant First Class Maria Rivera, amplified just how dangerous that culture is 
when I spoke with her to invite her on the podcast. She is a SARC at Joint Base Lewis-McChord near Tacoma, Washington. SARC stands for Sexual Assault Response Coordinator. She is also the ForceCom and Department of the Army SARC of the Year, a pretty big deal. In our very first conversation, I got the impression that Sergeant First Class Rivera is a bold woman, strong and undefeated. Now I was left with that about her because of how she left me. I was empowered, but not like in an inspirational sense. I was left in action in my own life. I got really clear about what happened to me in my past in that conversation. So I invited her on the show so that each of you could also be left really clear about consent, what predator behavior looks like, and that there is zero tolerance for sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, sexual abuse, and rape in the Army. Sergeant First Class Rivera, thank you for joining us today on Words We Live By. Thank you so much, Sergeant Beebe. It is a pleasure to be here. Now, what's really cool, though, is that you are the ForceCom SARC Rep of the Year and the Department of the Army SARC Rep of the Year. That's huge. And for those of you listening, SARC stands for the Sexual Assault Response Coordinator. Tell me about that. Well, I will say it's a very humbling experience. I'm a type of person where when I leave work for the day. I'm an introvert. So a lot of soldiers that know me will be like, Sergeant Rivera, she's an introvert. But that's just how I am. And I don't like to boast or brag about myself. So it's still very, very nice. Well, look, I mean, it really says something. I mean, you're in the army and that takes something. But also, you know, you have conversations all the time that are challenging to have. And to be the Department of the Army SARC Rep of the Year, that's just phenomenal. And um, I can see how, you know, you're humbled by it, but also really get the difference you make for others, really. Well, thank you so much for seeing that. You know, I, I love I love what I do every day. So, you know, I try to do my very best. So I want to jump right in. What is your mantra my mantra is, I am never too busy for my soldiers. And I came up with that one day because I had a male soldier and he was a little intimidated to come up to me to ask me a question because I was assisting a soldier in our human resources office. And I told him, I said, no, I was like, you're my soldier. If you have a question, you come up and ask. I said, just be professional and say, excuse me, Sergeant. I was like, I will literally stop what I'm doing and I will assist you. And I'm the type of person, I don't care what your rank is. I don't care your pay grade. My soldiers come first as well as well as my customers. And now that I am a sexual assault response coordinator, of course, my victims, family members and civilians, you know, of course they come first. But, you know, my soldiers are everything to me. They're like my children. So that's my mantra. The first time you and I talked about a week ago, you were so available and I left the conversation just empowered and really complete about what had happened in my past. And, you know, that's also who you are is someone who's available and empowering and leaves others, you know, not 
questioning things that for a long time I had been questioning. This year, sexual harassment in the Army has made headlines with the death of Specialist Vanessa Guillen. What is the message to young people, especially who are entering the Army or thinking about joining the Army or have hesitations because of what happened to Specialist Guillen? So first and foremost, Definitely want to send condolences to Specialist Vanessa Guillen's family members and friends and those who truly cared for her and loved her and still continue to do so. But what I would like to tell those who are ruminating on the thoughts of possibly making the Army or the military as a whole a part of their life, I would say first, the Army is the institution that was stood up in 1775 by George Washington, right? All volunteer force. So you're not being forced to join, to raise your right hand, to be a member of the United States military or the army, right? But I will tell you this, that when we look at the army, we have seven army values that we follow. And the leadership is the acronym of it. Loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Okay, we live by good order and discipline. So with that being said, I say that to say that what happened to specialist Vanessa Guillen definitely does not, and I repeat, it does not represent the values that are instilled in us as an institution for one, the character of the person that did what they did to her definitely does not fall within the seven army values period or the good order and discipline rule. So when we look at sexual harassment, for example, okay, the army regulation and by policy letters that you might read, if you happen to have the chance to come on army installation, you know, sexual harassment is not tolerated, period. So we look at a simple word, and it starts with the letter T, ends with the letter T. It's called trust. Okay. Trust has to go virtually up and down through the chain of command and through our peers. If you lose somebody's trust, it is very hard to get it back. Let me tell you, it's not easy. So, you know, secondly, when I look at trust, you know, I look at it from a leadership perspective. If there is a soldier, family member, or civilian that's having a problem with their supervisor, a peer, have the confidence to approach that person and let them know, like, hey, I don't appreciate what you just did to me, what you just said to the person X or to me. I don't like it because what you run into is destructive competitiveness, And we all don't know the true story or the facts of what happened to Specialist Vanessa Guillen. But what we do know was it was definitely not within Army standards or the Army's values. And I would like to read one last quote from former 39th Chief of Staff of the Army, General Milley. He said, trust must also be earned down the chain of command. And he said, quote, don't be that general. Don't be that officer who is always looking upward and outward and looking for your next job. He said, quote, take care of those soldiers 
and civilians and family members that you are in charge of and take it to heart. You must love your soldiers, end quote. And I love that because it's kind of funny. It goes back to my mantra and leaders as well as soldiers and peers, family members and civilians. You have to take care of yourselves. You have to take care of others. And I would tell people, do not judge the military or judge the army off of one person's bad judgment call. But what I will say is at least being a sexual assault response coordinator and being the sexual assault, sexual assault response coordinator for 2020, I will not tolerate nobody becoming a victim of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and feeling alone. Thank you. You're welcome. There were a few things I wanted to cover in this conversation. And I want to start off by asking you, what is consent? A lot of people ask that question, especially soldiers. So Sergeant Beebe, in our previous conversation, you know, a lot of people used to look at consent as, well, you know, the victim didn't say yes or no, you know, to want to engage in some type of sexual activity. But now consent is so much broader than that. It's more than just saying yes or no. So if you don't mind, I would love to read the definition of consent from our new Army Regulation 600-20 that just recently came out 24 July of last month about time because the last one that was published was in 2014. So if you look in Army Regulation 600-20 for consent, it says, as used in the context of sexual assault, consent is a freely given agreement to the conduct at issue by a competent person. So you could question yourself, well, what is competence? What does a competent person mean? You know, someone that has a sound mind that can think logically and clearly for themselves. Also, the definition says an expression of lack of consent through words or conduct means there is no consent. So lack of verbal resistance or submission resulting from the use of force, threat of force, or placing another person in fear does not constitute consent. So clearly, if you have an offender or in the army, we say, we, we, we label the offender or the perpetrator a subject. That's how we call them a subject, whether it's male or female. That person knows that they have violated somebody. And, you know, it's not an excuse to try to make any type of sexual assault appropriate. So I want to take this just one step further, because when sometimes when I hear a, um, a, a regulation, it doesn't always land. So when we're talking about consent, it's like it, it is very clear. Can I kiss you? Can I hold your hand? And then, you know, not having consent, it sounded like what you read from the regulation was maybe you could read their body language and that, you know, like something's not there and that would be not consent. You know, that would be someone who's not consenting. Yes, absolutely okay. correct. I mean, body language is a big part of it. So if I wanted to use an example, 
you know, in the army, because I can only speak for the army, because I've been in the army almost 20 years at the end of this month. You know, we tend to always correlate alcohol with sexual assaults. So we've all have seen a stammering person from a little too much libations and spirits in their system. So, you know, a competent person would say, you know what, that person looks like they're a little intoxicated. And, you know, we cannot tell somebody not to have carnal knowledge, even though they've been consuming alcohol. But we highly encourage that, you know what, if you're with somebody and they've been partaking in alcohol, you might not want to have sexual contact with them only for the simple fact that they might not remember. And if they do remember, you know, now it could be sexual assault. So it's just best to let that person enjoy their libations and you know what, let's just leave it off. Right. And too, you know, when, when you're real clear about stuff, when you're real clear about consent or clear about someone who's not consenting, you're just left being whole and complete, really. You know, like you're not wondering anything the next day. You're just free of any worry or guilt or anything that might hang around. And you've probably left that person empowered too. Like, you know, that you're someone that they can trust. No, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's well said. (laughs) So, you know, you work with this, you see it all the time. What could make the biggest difference for soldiers? Like what would have the SHARP program really work? There is a former general who was the chief of staff that worked for the secretary of the army. He is the 39th chief of staff, and that is General Mark Milley. And I've never met him, but he absolutely empowers me and he encourages me because he said this quote, dominate the terrain. Our professional spaces at work, barracks, mortar pool, etc., must be safe and secure, and that means leader supervision and involvement. And that resonates with me so much because you you as well being in the Army, as an Army recruiter, right? We know, okay, we got to get our annual SHARP training, guys, guys and gals, you know, and soldiers tend to go, all right, here we go again, you know, death by PowerPoint slides. And it's more than that. A lot of leaders, we always talk about mission readiness, right? It's always about the mission, the mission. But people forget that the soldiers are the mission too. If your soldier is not at 100% mentally and physically, you can show pie charts. You can have tons of different PowerPoint slides with all the colors of the rainbow on it. And you can say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, all day to those senior leaders. But if you have your go-getter, Okay, you have that soldier that has high potential, but you haven't said, hey, how how are you doing today? How are you feeling? How was your weekend? How is your family? Oh, I heard that your mom or your dad or your cousin, sister, niece, whoever it may be, I heard that they're recovering from some type of medical ailment. You don't ask your soldiers, how is your morale? How am I doing as a leader? And you don't empower them. I could care less about your mission readiness. And those soldiers are not going to care when they have to walk into a room or walk outside the building in the sun, the rain, the snow to get sharp annual training. 
they're not. They're going to take that deep breath, roll their eyes, and sit there, sign their name on the sign-in sheet, and check the block. So I really like um, General Milley because, you know, he really hits the head on the nail. Like, we have to be motivated. We have to be driven. And mission readiness has to include the welfare of our soldiers as number one in the process. It's so perfect. It goes right back to being available for your soldiers. You know, like it transitions right back to your mantra and, uh, you know, being available. It's so important too. And it is an extra step. You know, as soldiers, we don't just show up to do a job. We are a family. You know, if my world's not work or if your world's not working, my world's not working. And that's, you know, that's readiness. That's being ready at all times. And, you know, we, we drive home that as soldiers, we are all athletes. And in addition to that, our, our mental health is equally as important. And it's, it's the same thing, you know, like we experience these traumas and they may not always be combat trauma. We, we, we can now clearly recognize a combat trauma from, you know, a personal trauma being divorce or something like that, that we experience in the army. And it's just so important to open up all these kinds of conversations, which leads me into the next question. Why is it so important to talk about sharp? You know, we have the training and why is that so important? What's the difference that this training makes for us? So I would say the difference is let's let's remove the word training. Okay, because we know as soldiers, we're constantly training, right? Sharp should be more looked at as an educational tool, an educational resource. Because it's more than just training. If I'm out there talking to a group of civilians and soldiers and family members, I want them to know that, listen, it's just like when we were little, right? Some of us were brought up with with the little folklore of, there's a witch under your bed. There's a boogeyman in the closet, <laughs> you know? And if you think about sharp in that aspect, what, what we're trying to get at, you know, the sexual assault response coordinators and the victim advocates, what we're really trying to tell you in cliff notes and layman's terms is, hey, there's a real time in the flesh boogeyman in your formation, in your neighborhood, in the store, there's somebody looking at you at all times when you don't see them yourself. And we're trying to tell you that. Pay attention to your surroundings. Lock your doors. Lock your windows. We're not telling you to be fearful for your life, but know that, God forbid, if something does happen to you, and we really hope that it's not sexual assault, that you, you have a program that's available to you. And we have tons of resources. And if you don't want to have nothing to do with with what's on a military installation, too easy. Sergeant First Class Rivera, me, yes, speaking in third person. I can bring you outside the gates of Joint Base Lewis-McChord, and we will bring you to wherever you need to go, off post, locally, 
If I need to make a phone call and I need to drive you in my government vehicle to take you to another place for you to get proper advocacy services, that's what we're here for. So it's more than just training. It's all about education. Yeah, so well said. And thank you for for saying that. It's just it it opens up something more than training that we sit through. You were also a little bit going into the boogeyman. And for some, we might not be clear what the boogeyman looks like or, you know, a predator. Maybe it's like the loud, funny person outgoing in the group. And then maybe they start to say things that you're like, eh. Well, he is kind of that way and outspoken, extrovert, things like that. But can you go into what does predator behavior look like? Predator behavior. What we have heard, at least from some of the training, or I could say I have heard with some of my um, sexual assault response coordinators and victim advocates, we did have an agency come down from Seattle. They were the FBI for sex trafficking in particular. And we received training and Miss Stephanie, she was telling us in the training how just, just as you said, the predator, very outgoing, most times the nun, very attractive. They blend in. It's like what I like to call a chameleon. They know how to change their color to blend in with anybody and everything. You know, they do prey on the weak. So regardless if you're male or female. If you're that type of person where maybe you're a recluse, but you still showed up to the party with your friend, but they realize, oh, your outgoing friend, you know, that's a social butterfly has left you and you're sitting on the couch by yourself and you've been there maybe an hour. Now, maybe that predator goes over there and says, hey, how you doing? My name is X. Oh, where are you from? You know, now they spark up a conversation and you think at that time, well, this person doesn't seem like a threat. They seem decent. They don't seem weird. But it's like when I teach, my class on Sharp, I always tell people, in, in your stomach, like maybe a little bit above your belly button, is what I like to call the weirdo meter. <laughs> if your weirdo meter, like the hand is moving to the right, and it's going crazy, okay, listen to your intuition, listen to your gut feeling, listen to the weirdo meter, because I promise you, it's screaming at you, and it's saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, that person looks like a nice person. Wow, they dress really nice. Wow, they smell really great. But it's something about that person. I can't explain it, but you need to remove yourself from that person. So I always say use the weirdo meter because this person, for example, we could say, you know, we've see, I, I've been credentialed since August of 2012 as a victim advocate. And I've been a sexual assault response coordinator since March of 2018. So about two and a half years now. And I can tell you from my experience of predators in the army, some of them, not all of them, some of them, you know, they might be that person that when we had the old, you know, army, army uh, physical fitness test, they got 300 and above on their PT test. So, of course, leaders turn a blind eye. Well, that's my high speed soldier. And then you got that one person that's constantly being bullied you know so that person might be sexually harassed but now 
the leadership's looking at the soldier saying, ah, this is a problem child. This is a problem soldier. And not looking at that predator because what? They don't know what a predator looks like. This person knows exactly how to look, how to dress, how to talk. They, they know the right words at all times. So I'm not saying that your most high-speed, well-looking soldier is a predator. But what I am saying is people need to listen to their weirdo meter because if you're feeling something's not right, that's your intuition telling you it's not right. And this, this goes for anybody, regardless if you're enlisted or officer. Even if you're up in the rank, you're a, you know, a Fulbright Colonel 06 or a Command Sergeant Major, you know, they also become victims of sexual harassment and sexual assault. You might not hear too much about it, but it does happen. Sergeant First Class Rivera, thank you so much for being on today, for answering these questions, for having this conversation, and for sharing your mantra with us. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Sergeant Beebe, for having me here and asking me these questions. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning into the Words We Live By podcast. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Beebe. Sierra Starks is our producer. And this podcast is sponsored by the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. Do us a quick favor and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us at Go Army Seattle on all social media platforms and let's connect about all the amazing opportunities the U.S. Army has to offer.